0: I'm excited about today, guys. And hey, would you would you do me a favor? Next week, um, we're having Andrew Osakwe is going to be with us next week from church at Ridgebrook. And if you've never experienced Andrew Osakwe, like just bring the word. I really want to encourage you. It's going to be a really fun time together in the word. And that man, I just, I've seen an anointing on his life that's really, really special. And uh, then we're going to partner with their church at Ridgebrook. We're going to go for a little Halloween celebration for uh, uh, that community. And so if you would, I encourage you, would you sign up today uh, at Connection Point um, or Connection Center on your way before you leave? There's a QR code. You can just scan it. Just sign up. And there's different, jo- <laughs> different jobs uh, for you to uh, pick up and be a part of. And so if you would, do not leave before doing that. Please, guys. Let's, it's going to be a real blessing for us. All right. Let's ask the Lord to speak to us today. You want to? Lord's been doing some really sweet things during worship. I don't know about y'all, but I just believe this is going to be one of those days where I just ask him that he would confirm the message, confirm what we're here doing by the stretching of his hand for unique healing in your life, for a soul freedom, whatever he knows that maybe we don't know, he's going to be a part of the healing process today just by confirming the word. Let's just ask him to talk to us today. What do you need to hear? Ask him. Lord, as I really think about it, I'm just extra thankful today that you're personal and you, you care. You're, you're in the details. And Lord, the story that you've written before the foundation of time is just mind-blowing to me. I can't even fathom everything. You're beyond my understanding But Lord, today I I specifically ask that you would expand our view of you. Like, help us to see clear, clearer. (laughs) And Lord, maybe if if someone in this room is feeling like just bogged down, even confused, maybe even blinded, Lord, I just pray that blinders be lifted today. Lord, if somebody's weighed down and hurting, I pray for healing today, Lord. Would you stretch your hand of healing in this room today? Lord, I do pray, like we've sung those songs today, that that literal chains would be broken, mountains would be moved in the name of Jesus, and we believe and we trust you, Lord. We know that you're up to those kind of things, so Lord, do it. Do as you will. We invite you to have your way. Now, Lord, speak today through your word, and Lord, I just invite you to use me. Lord, I I ask that you would silence my mouth from saying anything from myself. Just speak your word and your word only, and uh, direct our time in Jesus' name. Amen. I uh, I got my kids a dirt bike, you know. I told y'all like a little mini. I've been riding it in the parking lot, and uh, just decided I just it's time to upgrade. So I got I got another one my size, you know. We were, we had a big party at my house last night. We we're just cruising the streets on dirt bikes, having a great old time. But it made me think a lot because it brought me back to uh, like Chris. Remember Christmas time when you were a kid and you were like looking forward to that thing that you had like hoped for, right? And you got it, right? and you opened it and you were so excited for literally maybe half the day. My kids are excited for half the day and then it becomes, let's build a castle with the boxes. Anybody? I don't know what it is, but in our minds, like this is gonna be the greatest thing and we get it and it's like in our nature to like lose interest. And I've been really thinking about like, getting this dirt bike and I'm riding, I was super excited and then the days are going on and I'm like, yeah, I don't got, I don't got time. I don't got time. I got other things I got to do. Anybody? And I started thinking a lot about just how I get used to even this. Like I get used to, me and Adam were talking about it. You get used to like the anointings of God around you and it just becomes normal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, is they're great? Oh, yeah, God shows up. Yeah, oh, yeah, it was It was great. And it gets normal, it's, it's, it's just normal. And the only way that something doesn't get normal is that you discover like new depths to its usefulness or its wonder. You figure out how that dirt bike maybe functions in a way that I didn't expect or know. And the scriptures tell us that who God is is too great, it's too wide, it's too high, it's too deep for us to even fathom. Like there's, there's more spaces for us to discover about him. And I'm just praying for myself and just for our community at large that like we never get comfortable with thinking we figured it out because he's, he's enormous and he's amazing and he's wonderful. And there's depths of God that we have not yet discovered. I want to press into those things with y'all. I want to discover who he is and I want to see a clearer picture of what he's all about. And I pray it never gets mundane or normal because God is far from that word normal. But even from the beginning of that garden when God put that tree in the middle is like, hey, there's one thing that I, I don't want you to go after. There was all this other stuff that they were passing by. They didn't consider the wonder that was around them. They considered about the one thing that they hadn't yet experienced that wasn't for them instead of all the things that were for them. Really want to focus in on, man, what has got? God is beyond our comprehension. And there's far more to be discovered. So we've been going through the book of Acts. I don't that was a little side note that just hit me pretty hard. But uh, we've been going through the book of Acts, and if you got your scripture, we're going to be in Acts 14. And I'll give you a little bit of background, I guess, uh, what we've been going through. But you know, the book of Acts is really just the acts of the Holy Spirit, like the stuff that the Spirit of God is doing. And the Holy Spirit shows up in the very beginning of this book, and really it's on from there. People are touched with the presence of God, and he fills them with power to witness or to tell the testimony or story of what God is doing and has done. And so people are spreading all out, going all over the place and they're telling of God's wonders. We see back and forth, God show up, persecution happened. God show up, something bad happens, Somebody gets healed miraculously. People have a mob. Back and forth, back and forth. In the past couple of weeks, we got our first missionary journey. The church gets together they pray, and they fast, and they say the Holy Spirit tells them through prophetic words in the church that these three people are to go, and they send Paul, Barnabas, John, Mark on their first missionary journey. Here's the, when we get that slide, I'll show you this, this picture, the map where, where they go, and they leave out from a place called Antioch. They go to Salamis, Paphos, and then right when they start heading up back up to Pamphylia, this is where John Mark leaves them. And one of his guys says, see you, I'm out. Don't know why he's out, but he just says, I'm leaving. And we're going to pick it up a little bit later where Paul says, hey, you left me once, you ain't leaving me twice. See you, bud. Rejection meets rejection. And so now we're, gonna, we're, we're getting back into the story now where we actually are going to get into Lystra and they go up to Antioch, come down to Iconium, and we're going to get into here. So we talked about their encouragements to these churches along the way. And the the two things that I want us to remember from the past couple weeks is where Paul tells them continuing in grace is as important as beginning in grace. He tells them continue in the grace of God. Beginning in grace is just as important as continuing in grace. We got to stay in it. And the second thing we talked about after after they encourage this church to continue on, Paul goes down. Uh, he gets he gets basically rejected in one of these cities, and it says he gets to the edge of the city, and he shakes the dust off as a sign of rejection. That means I'm not carrying this rejection. In fact, Jesus told him, "They rejected me, many will reject you." So he's saying I'm not keeping rejection. And so we encouraged each other that some of us need to shake it off, like Taylor Swift, you know? I pray that sticks in your mind. Every time you hear that that song now, you're going to think about, I need to shake something off. And so what we said is, we carry what we don't shake off. We end up carrying what we don't shake off. And some of us need to shake some stuff off today. And I, I encourage you, if you feel like you need to shake something off today, we're going to have time of prayer. And the scripture tells us, confess Bring things out into light, pray for one another, and you will be healed. Part of the healing process, the lifting process, is the sharing process, the confessing process. And that can be so uncomfortable. I don't know about you guys in the room. I just don't like talking about my feelings sometimes. I don't know why, probably an unhealthy thing. But what I've found is when I do bring those things into light, prayerful people are bringing those to the Lord. There's a lift that I cannot explain and I cannot do by myself. So I encourage you, listen, listen. If you are heavy today, come, do not hesitate and let's bring those to the Lord together. All right, you ready? Acts 14, come on now, we ready? Y'all okay, yeah, come on. It's a party, we're a party people. All right, Acts 14, I wanna start in verse eight. While they uh, were at Lystra, this is now Paul and Barnabas, Paul and Barnabas came upon a man with crippled feet. He had been been that way from birth, so he had never walked. He was sitting and listening as Paul preached. Looking straight at him, Paul realized that he had faith to be healed. So Paul called to him in a loud voice and said, stand up. And the man jumped to his feet and started walking. I want to preface what I'm going to read today and tell you that I have maybe more questions than solid answers, to be honest with you. I just have a lot of questions. And you read something like that, that in the middle of preaching, Paul in the spirit has this discernment and says, this man has the faith to be made well, and then speaks out and says, stand up, go ahead, stand up. That's some faith. But we see God do mysterious things though. When people don't have faith, God shows up and you see a demon-possessed boy, his father coming to Jesus saying, would you do something? He says, man, Is a corrupt generation, you got no faith. He's like, Well, help my unbelief, Lord. I got no faith. Jesus steps in and does it anyways. You see a dead, you see a a funeral procession. Nobody's even asking Jesus to show up and bring healing. He reaches over, touches, and they sit up out of the casket. There's so many challenging things to this. But one of the things that I'm processing and thinking about, and I just want to tell you like openly, I just have questions about it. I don't understand. But he is listening to a message, and faith is sometimes we define faith like I have a wishful thought. That's really not what this word means. I really hope it's going to happen. I hope it's going to happen. I hope it's going to happen. I hope it's going to happen. No, it's rooted in the promises of what Paul is actually preaching. He's believing what Paul is saying, that basically a broken world, God enters back in, dies and sacrifices his life to bring wholeness, to bring healing, to bring restoration. And there's like a brand new kingdom that's ushered in And there's this weird understanding that there's like a shadow of a kingdom that's happening right now, but the full fruition of the kingdom isn't here yet. I can't quite understand all of it, to be honest with you. But this man is sitting there listening to the promises that Paul is talking about. And in the spirit, Paul sees this man believes for healing today and is believing upon Jesus. Stand up. And I just, what I see in the scripture is, That that is absolutely the heart of our God to bring healing and restoration. I just, I see it as his heart. And you say, well, what about Paul? Paul asked for healing in his life and he says, no, my grace is enough for you. My presence is gonna be enough for you. I don't understand. But God was faithful enough to give him a response and an answer. God cares about the things that we care about. He's not far off and distant. He's very near. I don't understand the depth of all of this, to be honest with you. I just know from this story, this man has faith. Paul is like, stand up. But when the crowd saw what Paul had done, verse 11, they shouted in their local dialect. These men are gods in human form. Anybody? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a couple of references. Y'all, anybody? Uh, I Love Lucy fans in the room? Grow up on I Love Lucy. You remember when Ricky Ricardo would get so upset or so confused he would start speaking in Spanish, you know? And she was like, "Don't talk in Spanish. Just speak what," you know? I, I picture this scene like that. Or maybe if you're a little bit younger, you can go to like Modern Family, you know? Maybe you know Gloria. But she, but she does this exact same thing. Like, she speaks in Spanish when she gets frustrated. So, in this moment, here's what happens. Like, this guy gets healed, and they all start going like Ricky Ricardo out there. <laughs> and, and Paul and Barnabas are like, Do you know what they're saying? Like, I don't know what they're saying. I don't even know what's happening right now. But check this out the story continues. This is like one of my favorite scenes, I think, in Acts. It's just a funny picture. They decided. That Barnabas was the Greek god Zeus, and Paul was Hermes. And if you've seen any pictures of Zeus, Zeus is like probably, it makes me think I get a picture of who Barnabas really is, because Barnabas must be a little bit bigger than Paul. And ancient writers actually say that Paul's like this stubby little tiny guy who's kind of unattractive. But Paul is uh, this guy who's got the voice. And so they, they, they credit Barnabas with being Zeus. And they're talking about it, if you can picture it, Ricky Ricardo style. This is who these guys are. The Avengers have showed up. Come on now. Yeah, they, they, they thought, hey, they were believing it back then. Some of y'all believe it right now. It's all right. All right. And Paul was Hermes since he was the chief speaker. Verse 13. Now the temple of Zeus was located just outside the town. This is how confusing this had to be for a while. So the priests of the temple and the crowd brought bulls and wreaths of flowers to the town gates. They prepared to offer sacrifices to these guys. I think in this moment, then they're like, oh, oh, this is getting, this is getting weird. You know, this is a weird thing. Anybody ever traveled to a like done a mission trip and you've been in this situation where you're like, this is not what I expected. You know, anybody? But when the apostles, verse 14, when the apostles, Barnabas and Paul, heard what was happening, they tore their clothing in dismay and they ran out among the people, shouting, friends, why are you doing this? That was a very Jewish thing of them to do. In frustration, it was like one of their cultural things, was to tear their garments. And I don't know about you. I think that's weird too. Like when our frustration, you just Hulk Hogan it, you know? Just, I think we should bring it back. You know, just walk around. We know that guy was upset. James, yeah, you know, <laughs> Hulk over there. Just think we should bring it back, friends. Why are you doing this? That was just their amount of frustration. I don't want this to happen. This guy was healed and God showed off and you turned it into something it wasn't meant to be. But I want to read what one of the commentators said. In Greek mythology, it was common for gods to come to earth in human form. Though they did not always do so for good, for the good of men, people of Lystra had a legend that once Zeus and Hermes visited their land disguised as mortals and no one gave them any hospitality except for one older couple. This was one of their folk tales. In their anger at the people, Zeus and Hermes wiped out the whole population except for the old couple. So no wonder they went and got bulls. They are like, you not remember that story your mom used to tell you? Let's go get the bull. Go get the priest. Hurry. They're here. Because <laughs> we all about to die. we ain't going to be like the old couple. This test town's going to be full when they leave. And they're going to trick us this time. Listen, listen. Fear Fear is a great controller of the human mind. And the scripture brings us to this place that perfect love casts out all fear. We are not to be under the mind control of the system right now, over the news medias, over what's taking place. You have been removed from the kingdom of the world and you've placed in the kingdom of light. Lift your eyes, O oh ye people. Where does our help come from? From the war horse? Absolutely not. King Jesus is with us. He's alive and well. What are we worried about? Anybody worried here? You afraid? Absolutely not. And if you're afraid, welcome. You're okay. Let's, let's go down a journey of being okay, and let's discover the wonder And the love of our Father who's placed us in a wonderful room filled with people who love you in the way that Christ has loved them. Come now. Let love be our highest motivator. Because he loves you so much. He didn't abandon you on a cross. He's not about to abandon you now. Come on now. These people were controlled by fear that day. (laughs) Get the bull. Let's do something about it. It continues in verse 15. And they say, Paul and Barnabas say, we've come to bring you good news that you should turn from these worthless things and turn to the living God who made heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. In the past, he permitted all... Listen to, listen to how, they, how he preached to them. In the past... He permitted all the nations to go their own way. Verse 17, but he never left them without evidence of himself and his goodness. For instance, he sends you rain and good crops and he gives you food and joyful hearts, free of charge. A lot of theologians just call that common grace, that all these people have been experiencing the grace of God, never credited the creator, they invented gods themselves, made in their own image, and they made it all about them. And yet God was still so kind to them. He didn't bring out some Old Testament passage and be like, "Well, you should really know Genesis chapter 4." He was like, "Look around you, everybody. You get rain and abundance, your hearts get full, and yet you don't even know him?" We've done this giant miracle in front of you as demonstration of the power of God. They're speaking their language. He's speaking to them right where they are. In verse 18, but even with these words, Paul and Barnabas could scarcely restrain the people from sacrificing to them. Then some Jews arrived from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowds to their side. Now I wanna tell you how committed these haters were. If you think it was cancel culture here, it was cancel culture in the Jewish Jewish like system. These people had traveled over a hundred miles to come find these guys. Listen, they don't got cars and gasoline, guys. They're walking. They don't got like what we have today. They're not got comfy Nikes on. They don't got air conditioning. They're committed. They traveled over a hundred miles to find these guys and they caused like a uprising. After preaching the good news in Derby, uh, oh yeah, sorry, eighteen. Even these words, Paul and Barnabas scarcely restrained the people from sacrificing them. Verse 19, then Jews arrived from Antioch and Iconium, won the crowds to their side. They stoned Paul and dragged him out of the town, thinking he was dead. But as the believers gathered around him, he got up and he went back into the town. The next day, he left with Barnabas for Derbe. And verse 21, and I want to finish with Verse 22. After preaching the good news in Derby and making many disciples, Paul and Barnabas returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch of Pisidia, where they strengthened the believers. They encouraged them to continue in the faith, reminding them that we must suffer many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. challenging passage continue in the faith a lot of hard things going to happen to enter the kingdom of God they just healed a guy they were wanting to sacrifice a bull to these guys and the next thing you know the crowd has turned and now we're going to murder these guys and listen, I, I want to go back to what Paul says in one of his letters. If if I was here to please men, I would not have decided to follow God. It wasn't about that for him. And when we read the book of Acts, and as you read this for yourselves, there's a couple of things that we have to know and learn. The reason part of this chapter and this whole book is challenging is because it's really like a history of the church. And when you read this passage or you read this book, you have to discern and figure out what is descriptive and what is prescriptive. In other words, what's the prescription of this passage? Is it always work like that? And there's some things in this Bible that is prescriptive for your life. Do this, black and white. It's a prescription for you. There's some things that are descriptive and it's basically like telling an overview, but it doesn't quite tell you how exactly to do it. That's why the book of Acts can be a little bit challenging. And as I look at this and as I've studied it myself, I just personally have questions. And I think we've just got to be okay with some questions. But the one one prescriptive thing that I believe that I see in this passage is to keep going, keep going. He says, remain in the grace. He says, keep the faith. In other words, like move upon the promises that we believed upon where the Holy Spirit showed up, there was evidence, y'all, we've seen it. No, he's true. Keep the faith, stay in the grace. When you do that, remember what Jesus said. Some stuff's going to hit the fan. In fact, he says some stuff in Matthew chapter 10 that's really challenging. He says, I didn't come to bring peace. And when he's saying that, he said, i am come to bring peace with God, but not to bring peace between relationships. Honestly, it's going to cause division in the home. That's what he tells us in Matthew chapter 10. And he goes on and says, "If you love your father or mother, verse thirty-seven. If you love your father more than more than me, you're not worthy of being mine. And if you love your son and daughter more than me, you're not worthy of being mine. If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you're not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you're going to lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. Keep these. Stay in this grace. Keep this faith." You wanna discover what real life is? Let go of your life and come to Jesus. You will discover the life you were looking for. It's just a way you never thought you could find it. Some of you think you can find the life in the bottle. I've drank the bottle, I never found it. Anybody? Anybody found it at the bottom of the bottle? Anybody, come on now. Anybody found it in the bottle of pills? Anybody? And I'm not shaming anybody who's in that. I'm just saying there's a way out. There's a way. Anybody try to find it with a relationship? I did. I think I've tried everything. I just want to out myself, okay? Just so you don't feel bad. i tried it all. Me first. Did it all. I never found it in anything. And it wasn't until I got to the end of everything. I found out that he's so kind that he showed up and let me try everything. And yet he still graced me as second I came to Jesus. When I second, I said, Okay, (laughs) I quit. I think you're right. And y'all, this is magic words. There's no like, I got nothing. Jesus, you're right. Take me or kill me. I literally said that to him. Like, let me die in a tragic way right now or like, take me. (laughs) And I remember I was in a service. I was in a church service, kind of like this. I feel nothing. And the guy's like, you want Jesus? You can come forward. And I was like, I never walked forward in all my life. I was like one of those guys, not the back row, but like against the wall, those guys back there, shame. I'm just kidding. Call, I was talking to you. I'm just messing. What? I love you. I'm just messing. But I remember literally sitting there. I was like on the back wall and like this guy says to come and I'm like, no, I, don't, I ain't do, I don't believe in that stuff. It ain't nothing to happen. he just got to talk some message that I was like, yo, he's speaking to me like, he said things to me. It went beyond my mind and I was like, oh, that's, he's talking to me. And I remember coming and I just sat there and I'm like, I'm not emotionally moved, but I prayed that little prayer. We had a song and I remember just this moment of surrender. It was like, if you are surrendering today, whatever you've been carrying, you lift your hands and surrender. It's like a, it's like a symbolic move. I don't know what happened. All I know is I like, was like, I've never done this in all my life. And I was like, I actually, I actually surrender. Like, it's actually true. Nobody's watching me. It's like, no, it's, it's true. It's not a show. Like, whatever. Do it. <laughs> Next thing I know, I'm literally like weeping because I feel whatever it is, like leaving my guts. Anybody know what I'm talking about? we all like, it's a lot of, the, and if you don't, you can and and you just come to Jesus, but he knows when you're ready and it's okay, but there's a moment of actually surrendering. It's like letting go. I don't understand, but I have faith to believe that you are the one to do what you said you would do and you will be well, so well, like salvation well, eternal eternity, like well, like finished And he says, if anyone comes to me, I will not reject them. Anyone. Maybe you've believed something that God has rejected you or left you, and the evidence is what's happening to you. I want to be clear what's happening to us is not a good indication always or really ever of where he is. He's near to you. He said he would be near us in the valleys, but there is a very important, I believe, differentiation in this. Are we in the valley or are we experiencing persecution or are we experiencing hardship because we are following his leading? Or have we said, no, thank you. I will do as I will and we experience hardship and we go, God, where are you? Why have you left me? Why have you abandoned me? It's challenging, but I wanna tell you there's hope because he says he's never going to leave you or forsake you. There's always hope wherever you are. He's inviting you from the place that you are to call out to him, he's near. He's near because you're here. It's like this moment. I I remember like years sitting in in services like this and I would feel this like, he's talking to you. It's like this pull. And I was like, no, no, no. I got it, I got it. I'll get it right, I'll figure it out. I got it. Until I didn't get it, man. I didn't get it. And the other thing I think is prescriptive is the image of Paul going through his hardship and what happened in the story. All these believers come and surround him. They come around him, perceivably praying for him. He stands up from his pain, finds healing, and then keeps going. If you are experiencing hardship and pain, I just want you to look around for a moment. You're surrounded by people who are in it with you. This is prescriptive. We're called into this moment. And if you're having trouble, one of the graces of God is he hasn't left you alone in it. You're in a room filled with people who've gone through hard things. If you've gone through something hard, would you just encourage somebody in the room by just lifting your hand? If you've just gone through a hardship, Look around. You're not alone. You're in it with people who've been been in it before. What a wonderful experience. What a wonderful grace. Would you share what you're burdened by that we might lift you in the place of your hardship? C.S. Lewis, in one of his books, I just read an excerpt from it, And I want to close with this and I want to invite us into a time of prayer, okay? C.S. Lewis, he wrote about friendship and he said, in friendship, we think that we have chosen our peers. Like we've chosen the people that are next to us. We've chosen them, right? You've chosen them. But in reality, think about this. A few years difference, maybe a date of birth, a few more miles between certain houses, the choices of maybe one university instead of another, the accident of a topic being raised in the very first meeting, any of these chances might have kept us apart. But for a Christian, there are, strictly speaking, no chances. A secret master of ceremonies has been at work. Christ, who said to his disciples, "You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you," can truly say to every group of Christian friends, "You have not chosen one another, but I have chosen you for one another." That's beautiful. And I read that for you guys. This, this remind me your name. Erica. Erica traveled here from Chicago to be with a friend on her birthday. What's the odds, girl? That God is gracious enough to give you friends like that. And you travel from Georgia to be here with your friend. That's beautiful. When I think about the tapestry of who God is, that I would meet them in the lobby. I'm going to talk about this at the end of the message. And then he brings someone. I've just never met y'all. This is a joy to meet you guys but to see a message come alive for all of us in the room today. God is beyond. The God is beyond. He's different. He's wonderful and He's huge. And if you don't know it, any joy you've experienced, any blessing you've had in your life is a common grace and He's always been there for you. He's loved you from the day He saw you, the day He formed you. How many of y'all had anything to do with you being formed? Anybody? None of us. He thought of you, and he loves you. That's amazing. Come to the one who loves you. Or maybe surrender what's heavy and burdened and bring that as a community. He hasn't left you alone. He said, in fact, he's put you together. So the person you've come with today, if there's anything that's weighing down upon you, share that with the person near you. Tell them. And in the place of hardship, Let's invite God to stretch his hand of miraculous healing. Whatever God wants to do, I know it's gonna be wonderful and beautiful and more than we comprehend. But would you, would you take this time and would you just share authentically with somebody near you and then pray for one another. If you don't wanna share and you wanna to talk to some of our pastors, we're gonna be here. But let's move in, the, in what we see in the scripture as a prescription for our life. And let's step by faith into what he's called us into that he might bring restoration and healing. And I just speak that in Jesus' name. Be well and be healed. And then let's keep moving on. Father, I thank you. Now bless this time of prayer. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.